Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Parker. So glad to have you with us. Uh, Switch Leaders, I just want to take a moment and take a time out uh, to, first of all, thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you for continuing uh, to grow in your own personal relationship uh, with Jesus. But I also want to celebrate this fact. Because of you, we've seen over 2,223 students give their life to Christ this semester. God is using you to make a difference in students' lives right now. And again, I just thank you. I celebrate you. And I know that, man, God is just so thankful for what you are doing and the relationships that you are drawing and how you are building his kingdom. So again, thank you for that. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for liking it. It's helping switch leaders uh, all across the country uh, get better. And today we have with us back again, Mr. James, the legend himself, Meehan. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing really well. It's an honor to be here with you, Vince Parker, a.k.a. the man, the myth, the legend. All right, James, we're going we're to have some fun today. Last time I asked you if you would ever scuba dive, and you said no because that's the home of sharks. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Okay. This time the that. question is, would you ever skydive? Uh, heck no. Is Terrified it? of heights. Totally irrational, but I own it. Okay, so no scuba diving. No skydive. So no diving of any kind. I mean, like off the diving board. Okay. So somewhere. But specifically like a low dive, not a high dive. What? Three feet? Is that good? Three feet off the water? Yeah, sounds great. How about if we hit the 15 feet? Uh, now three, I believe. Is that the number of completion? It's, it's biblical. So I'm going to go three. Three the is a biblical number. Yes, yep. that is. True. So we'll be three, between three and seven. Seven is perfection. So we'll stick it in there. Okay. There you have it. Excellent. But in a pool, not into an ocean, the home of sharks. No, definitely not that. Okay. Well, that might seem a little weird to you, but that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about today in Switch. Hey, what are some things out there that we may or may not know that we're doing that actually can make church or Switch weird mm, for students? Such a good question. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, I do nothing to make things weird. And so <laughs> Here's an example I want to give you. I actually heard this the other day. Uh, a student comes up and the leader goes, hey, how have you been? I've just, I've missed you so much. How are things going? I haven't seen you in a while. And the student's reply is, I've actually been at practice. Uh, I actually got off early this week. I told you like five weeks ago that I was going to be at practice. <laughs> oh, gosh. And you don't know where I'm at. And you actually texted me two weeks ago and we had a discussion. And it's like, that's weird. Yeah. And oftentimes with our close friends, family members, we don't do things like that. But for some reason, when it comes to church, we put this weird exchange system with it. Like if you're not in the building, that hmm. means you're somehow not a part of the family of God. Right. When for a student, sure. they can't control all their things. Some right. students come from homes where uh, both their parents are together. And yep. some students come from homes where mom lives on one side of town and dad lives on the other side of town. And when, when they're with mom, Mom's all about taking them to church, and Dad's like not doing it. Right. And so we want to do our part to make sure that we're doing the things that show students that we have love and care for them, yep. and that's not to do with their proximity to the building that sure. they enter. Right. 
that might be where we first encountered them and yep. how God began the relationship. Yep. But it's not where it starts and it's not where it ends, should I say. Yep. With that. So, James, when you hear about stop making church weird, what are some thoughts that come to your mind? Honestly, as you told that story, the first thing I thought about was this reality that there are times where students will feel something because of something that we say or do that we don't even realize creates the feeling that they're, that they're now experiencing. I remember uh, as a youth pastor, there were times where I would have a student that they'd all of a sudden start acting weird. And when I'd see them, and so I'd ask them a question like, hey, what's going on? How are you? And there have been a handful of times where they've said, like, I'm doing really good, but I thought you were mad at me. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Like, what, what did I do to make you feel that way? I'm so sorry. That's never my intention. And there are a handful of times where what they would tell me is, well, you didn't say hi to me last week when I was here. And so I just assume, assumed you were mad. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I feel super convicted. I feel guilty because the last thing that I ever want to do is create that kind of a feeling in our students. And I realized this is something that unintentionally by me not helping them understand that, hey, there are times where I'm not even going to notice you. And that's my fault. I was not making them feel known. I wasn't making them feel special. And I wasn't leading towards the relationship, which made them feel a certain way. And so when I think about this whole idea of how do we make church not feel weird, I think about the small things that we may not even realize are having an impact on what students are feeling that if we don't talk about it, if we don't acknowledge it, then we can't grow in it. Oh, that's big. That's big. Just kind of being more intentional yeah. about the things that we recognize. And that's what today's podcast is all about. It's like, how can we recognize, how can we be more intentional about just not making church weird yeah. for students? I think another thing that we do, again, uh, James and I joke around all the time. If you walk up on us and you see us joking around, you might be like, I don't know if those two like each other <laughs> or, man, they might joke really harsh. But I want you to put that in the context of, there's a few hundred students and leaders around you yes. and parents. Yes. And sometimes the way we joke around with students to a complete stranger, to a first-time guest might make them think, if that's serious, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Right. And so, James, do you have a, uh, a time or something you can think of, that a scenario that you came across like that? Of way too many to count. So first of all, this is something that I'm growing in. My word this year is self-control, specifically trying to have more intentionality between behind the words I say, because I am 100% one of those people where my joking can get out of hand, where I think it'll be funny, but I inevitably will cross a line. I'll, I'll take it too far. And I specifically think about this one instance where I was having a conversation with, um, it was on, on the weekend at the church, I was having a conversation with a woman and I made a, I made a joke. Um, that somebody else overheard and I could just tell by looking at their face that they got offended for this person. And the context that they didn't have is this person I had a really great relationship and we've joked about these different things before. And so for them, this was just us, you know, having banter. But then this other person who didn't have the context thought, oh my gosh, James, this pastor at my church is kind of a jerk. And so what I ended up having to do is go and have a conversation to apologize because even though... It wasn't something I did on purpose or it wasn't intentional. What I unintentionally did is I made her feel this feeling that we don't want anyone to feel at church. It's interesting. I think about the, what's the quote? Something about uh, people forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And that's something I think about a lot is, man, are there things that I'm doing that are causing people to feel something other than that they're welcome, that they're accepted, that they are loved by God and that they're loved by us. And what I've realized is that there are times where a joke might be appropriate in that specific relationship with that person. But on the weekend, on a Wednesday night, when I'm at switch, there are so many other people around that don't have the context of the relationship. And so when they hear me say these jokes, their initial response is, wow, that dude's kind of a jerk and he's my pastor. 
this is weird. And so I recognize, gosh, I gotta, I gotta work on this. I gotta change because that's not who I want to be. And that's not who, that's not who I feel like God's made me to be. So what are some small things I can do? Well, I can stop making dumb jokes, <laughs> right? I've been there before. Definitely been there before. Well, that's a great insight and in how we can stop doing things and make things clear. So now when you think about the context of, let's say, uh, when you're inside of a small group. Yep. Okay. And I want you to think, but when you're inside your own personal small group, not just as a small group leader of students, but on your own personal small groups. Yep. And let's say the plan of that night is to talk about uh, the message Pastor Craig just did over the weekend. Yep. Man, you've got the questions out. You're all excited. But let's say someone in your small group just discovered that uh, they lost a, a loved one. Hmm. And it's yeah. hard. In that time during your small group, would you say, no, let's stop. We have these questions to get through? Not a chance. But we sometimes see that inside of small groups. A student yeah. goes through something that you as a leader might not think is yeah. tragic because it right. may not be a lost loved one. Yeah. It could be something that you might think is, is silly, like, sure. hey, my Fortnite account got erased. Right. But for them, whether we want to choose to believe it or not, there's a hurt and a pain and a loss for something they've worked really hard at acquiring yes. right. skins, points, Come on. wins, skill sets, all the things you can do inside the game. And you're like, no, we must talk forward. That's so good. Yeah. But for them, that that feels weird. Like you don't care what matters to mm, me. Jay, wow. What are some things that we can do as leaders inside of our leading students to my, to let them know that we value and not to make them because we think it might be weird to us to talk about that. Sure. But to let them know that we value them. Yeah. But yet, maybe to still maintain that cohesiveness of the group. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because the thing that I as I'm hearing you say that, it's it's so interesting to compare the instance of, you know, one of the guys that's in my small group, we meet on Saturday mornings in my life group. And when they're talking about the things that they're dealing with, it's more similar to the things that I'm dealing with because we're in a similar season of life. And so I can see and feel the seriousness of what they're walking through. But for most students, the world that they're living in is very different than the world I do. And so it can be really hard for me to understand and appreciate what they're feeling, which I'm realizing, man, that's a lack of me having empathy for them. And what I'm hearing you say is that as leaders, we need to be able to empathize with our students, even if we don't fully feel what they feel, but being able to take a step back to understand it, to appreciate it, and then acknowledge what they're feeling. And so I think something as simple as, hey, it seems like you might be feeling this because of what happened. You know, it seems like you may be feeling this because of this. It seems like you might be feeling a little bit frustrated because you spent a lot of time working on your Fortnite account and now it's gone and it feels like a waste of progress. Cause I know it sucks when I'm working hard on something and then that thing goes away and it's not there anymore. So I think that's a great thing that you can do is you can just pause and in that moment, acknowledge the thing that we're feeling. We don't want to dismiss it. I think we want to acknowledge it. I think depending on the context of what the situation is, it could be, Hey, you know what? Let's have a, a, let's continue this conversation. I'd love after small group, if you don't mind, if you and I just have a conversation about it, let's talk about this thing that's going on. Cause it seems like a big deal. Um, if for some situations that might be the right call. Sometimes you might just invite the conversation to change. And in the small group, instead of trying to get through the questions, you're choosing to invest in a relationship because our goal during switch groups is not to get through a series of questions. Our goal is to create a conversation that will help lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And if in that moment, I have an opportunity to show someone the love of Jesus by saying, Hey, what matters to you 
matters to me. And as a group, we're going to rally around you. And we're going to talk about this hard thing that just happened because we know it matters to you and you matter to us. So now that thing, it matters to us. So let's talk about it. And so I think there's different approaches. Sometimes depending on what it is, we can simply take a moment to acknowledge it and then move on. Sometimes we can say, Hey, it seems like you're really feeling this. Let's talk about it once like group ends, or sometimes we just dive into that conversation and let's talk about it together. And I think it's really hard to say, to do this, that, or this other thing, because it all depends on the situation. It depends on the student, it depends on your group. And I think that's where you as a leader have to have the wisdom to decide, okay, what is the right response for this situation? And what I love about that is I think when you do that, you actually teach all the other students in your group have empathy for other people. Mm, come you on. actually appropriately teach them to say, like, you know what? We've got a student in our group who's hurting right now. And yep. so whether you choose to, like you said, make the rest of the group yep. about that particular situation because it may require that at the moment, or you say, hey, in front of the whole group, yep. man, I acknowledge what you're going through. And man, let's take some time to talk about this later. Yep. And I love that because it just kind of takes it and it shows the clear example of what we should do and helps them create that muscle memory of, hey, this is probably what I can do when I have a friend who's mm, going through yes. something. Because That's my so guess good. is your group probably knows you don't play Fortnite because you've, <laughs> you've probably clearly made that <laughs> right, right. known. Sure. Right? Uh, so what do we do, same kind of scenario, inside of groups when we're trying to get to know students and it's a new group yep. and we feel like, man, there's these questions to go through, but all my kids want to talk about is the new Kanye album and whether or not yep. uh, Jesus is King is the greatest thing since the <laughs> Chick-fil-A Popeye's debate or yep. what's going on. How do yep. I appropriately discuss that in a group yep. setting where it may not be as tragic, but not make it weird? Sure. Well, and again, I think it all comes back to you as the leader having the wisdom to decide what is the right response for the situation. Um, because again, when we create those questions, that leader guide, it is meant to be exactly that. It's a guide. It's a guide that's meant to help you facilitate a meaningful conversation that's going to hopefully point your students closer to Jesus. What we recognize though is that life is not always simple and we can't just have a series of questions that walks us through life. And as a result, there are some times where we have to call an audible, where we have to change the plan. And I think that's where it depends on for you and your group, what stage is your group in? If your group is a newer group, you've only been with them for a while, um, then honestly, you probably need to spend more time investing in the relationship before you dive into some of those uh, some of those later questions, diving into what does this mean? Like, what is the, you know, biblical context, what's going on? Like, those are good questions, but sometimes before we can go there, we've got to make sure. And we establish that this person knows that I care about them because before anybody's ever going to be open and vulnerable and dig in with the heavy subjects first, they have to know, do you care about me? And I think that's where We've got to be okay with the fact that the goal of the switch group time is not to get through a list of questions, right? That, that's not a win. That's right. not the goal. The goal is to have a meaningful conversation. And sometimes the best way to have a meaningful conversation is to take a moment and let me just talk about what matters to you. What's going on in your life? What's going on at home? How can I be praying for you? Those are incredible conversations to have because those conversations are what build the relationship and connection that enables the conversations that a lot of us want to have. Because I think there are some of us who, when we're thinking about our switch group, man, I want to dive in. I want to get in on discipleship. I want to read the Bible and do all these different studies. But then something happens in a student's life where, you know what, I'm going to put my plan on the side and I'm going to make sure that what matters most to me is what matters to them because they're the reason that I'm here. I love that. So the key is, first off, if you got a new switch group, 
you're probably going to spend some time and need to spend some time building relationships 100%. so they genuinely know you care about them. Yes. Would you even almost say it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I'm brand new to this. I just met these students this week or, or next week. We're probably going to spend a few weeks just having a conversation, and we might ask one message-related question. Yeah, I think that's a great like, I, I think that could totally be a great plan of, hey, let's just get to know each other. Let's talk about what's going on in our lives. Let's figure out what matters to us. Do you know my name? Do you know my story? Do you know what I've been through? And once we've established that relationship, then we can start getting more into those questions. Um, and I think, yeah, if you're thinking about, man, I've only been with this group for a couple of weeks. We're new to this. Let me just have a meaningful relational conversation for the first 25 minutes of group. And then for the last five minutes, let me just throw in one question from the, from the guide. I think that's a great plan. Yeah. So let's reverse that. Let's say your group's been together a couple of years. Okay. But you don't ever talk about the message. You're still in that relationship building mode. Uh, kind of, I'm not saying your group is chaotic, but there's no accountability towards growing in Christ. And for some that can be weird because sure. the reason that they came to church was they were searching and seeking for something. Yep. So how as a leader can I not make it weird for those as they continue to want to seek more? Because yep. I've I've built that, but I can't live on that forever because yes. uh, groups and societies without laws, rules, or accountability is, some would say, anarchy. <laughs> Come on. And so how do I not make it weird on the other side of yes. things? I think that's such a good question. I think it's important to acknowledge that for, for most people, when it comes to leading a, a switch group, we're going to fall into one of two camps. We're either going to have a preference for getting to know each other, relationships, having fun, or we're going to have a preference for diving into the message, reading, you know, doing Bible study, stuff like that. I think what's important to recognize is that the best switch group leaders don't choose either or, they choose both and. They choose to say, hey, I'm going to invest relationally. I'm going to meet you right where you are but we're gonna dig into some of the spiritual truth because it matters to your life. So I'm gonna meet you where you are, but I'm gonna help guide you where God wants you to go. And I think that's what the trick that we've gotta figure out, how do I choose both and? How do I have relational time? How do I have fun? How do I talk about what matters to them in this moment, but then also help guide them into the more, um, you know, the, the questions regarding the message about the spiritual truths and help them see how those apply to their lives. And so for a leader, if you've been with your group for a while, if you've got strong relationships, I would make it a priority to start digging into more of those questions because what we want to do is absolutely make sure that our students feel welcome, comfortable, accepted, that they belong, that they have meaningful relationships, but we don't want to just meet them where they are. We want to help them get where God's calling them to be. We want to help them understand what it really looks like to follow Jesus on a daily basis. And the more that we can create space for that in those conversations, I think the better equipped these students will be to make their faith their own so that when they eventually graduate high school or even on Thursday morning after switch, when they're in their school, they'll know, okay, this is what we talked about in the message. Here's how I can apply this to my life. So today I'm going to be different than I was yesterday. I love that. It's like I heard you say, in order for us to not make it weird for students, it might have to be a little bit uncomfortable for us. We might have to mm. not live in the present, the preference that we choose, Come on. but actually yes. grow and allow God to continue to use us to be in some of those uncomfortable circumstances. So good. Yes. 
So, James, let me ask you this. We've talked a lot about small group leaders and them not doing things to make it weird. Yep. But obviously, we know there's a ton of different places to serve yes. inside of Switch. Absolutely. Uh, host team, cover two, operations. How are those who maybe not have an ongoing, regular, continual small group, group meeting to all their students, what are some things that they can do to not make it weird for their students? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Because I think sometimes we can overlook the fact that every single one of us is going to have interactions with students, regardless of the role we serve in at Switch. We're always going to have some kind of interaction with a student. And I think, you know, going back to what I, I think we talked about earlier that I think is so important is just having and developing the skill of empathy and asking the question, what might these students be feeling before they even show up? Like as you're preparing to, you know, greet students as they enter, as you're preparing to serve them snacks and drinks to hospitality, I think even just putting your mind into the, by asking the question, hey, what might these students be feeling? And then how can I help them feel like this is a place they belong? How can I help them feel that this is a place where they are welcome and they're accepted? I think starting by shifting the mindset and asking a question like this, like what are they feeling and how can I help them feel like this is the place for them? I think is a step one. And I think step two is just figuring out what am I going to do tonight to show students that they matter. And it could be as simple as, I'm just gonna make sure that I've got a smile on my face, <laughs> right? Yeah, because it's huge. It, it might not even be anything I say, it could just be my body language. I want my body language to be exuding that feeling of welcoming, acceptance. This is a place that's incredible to be at. I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, knowing the context that there are things that I'm going to say or uh, you know, there are things that, ways that, like jokes I might tell when it's just me and somebody I know where we're just talking, we're hanging out, that I'm probably not gonna say when I've got 10 kids I'm playing nine square with, right? I, I may not be um, as aggressive or competitive. My goal is not to win at nine square when I show up at Switch. My goal is to lead students to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so maybe instead of just going off on kids and spiking it on their face, I'm just gonna be okay with, all right, this is their time. <laughs> so I shouldn't do that because you I'm just not, stepped on my toes right there, James. Listen, I'm not saying you should square. or you shouldn't. All I'm saying is that I personally, for me, realized, oh, gosh, when I play nine square, the competitiveness takes over. And I literally got the nickname of bully while playing nine square. And so for me personally, I had to choose. All right. This isn't the right thing for me. Maybe that's not for you. Maybe you're a great, gracious and loving nine square player. Or maybe you're like me. And it's like, hey, this is something that I'm going to choose not to do. And I think even more than... What are the things that I'm not going to do are the things of how can I, every single time I show up to Switch, make sure that what I'm saying, how I'm carrying myself, my body language, my facial expressions are creating a space where what students will feel is not weird. What students will feel is welcomed, loved, and accepted. That's it right there. I think James says so well. Have empathy. It makes them so loved, cared, and accepted. I want you to thank you, James, for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where... We decide today, the leaders, we will be tomorrow.